You're listening to Tahlequah United Methodist Church's Sermon Podcast. We are a church that strives to have open hearts, open minds, and open doors as we make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And one of the ways that we do that is offering up our sermons for you to listen to. And so we hope you connect with us online at TahlequahUMC.org or on our social media at TahlequahUMC. So enjoy today's message. Third movement of our sermon series on the power of faith. And if you remember in the first week, I I invited you to remember your baptism and to leave your luggage behind. And if you remember in the second week, I invited you to come and see to the experience that Jesus has for us. Today I'm going to talk about connecting and belonging and how that is powerful in its own right in today's world of divisiveness and disunity. But there's power in faith, as we're reminded from the book of Hebrews, um, chapter 11, verse 1, that reads like this, Faith is the reality of what we hope for and the proof of what we do not see. There is power in faith. And when we live out these aspects of our faith, of of living into our baptism, of of being welcoming and inviting and coming and seeing where God is leading us, amazing things can happen. And so this week, we're going to talk about the power of belonging. Before we dive into this week's scripture, let's pray together. God of love, in the reading of our scripture, may your word be heard. And in the meditations of our hearts, may your word be known. And in the faithfulness of our lives, may your word be shown. And all of us gathered here together said, Amen. The scripture lesson for today comes from Paul's letter to the church of Corinth, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 10 through 18. Listen to these words. Now I encourage you. Brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, agree with each other and don't be divided into rival groups. Instead, be restored with the same mind and the same purpose. My brothers and sisters, Chloe's people gave me some information about you, that you're fighting with each other. What I mean is this. Each one of you says, I belong to Paul, I belong to Apollos, I belong to Cephas, I belong to Christ. Has Christ been divided? Was Paul crucified for you, or were you baptized in Paul's name? Thank God I didn't baptize any of you except for Crispus and Gaius, so that nobody can say that you were baptized in my name. Oh, I baptized in the house of Stephen's too. Otherwise, I don't know if I baptized anyone. Christ didn't send me to baptize, but to preach the good news. And Christ didn't send me to preach the good news with clever words so that Christ's cross won't be empty of its meaning. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are being destroyed, but it is the power of God for those who who are being saved. This is a word of, or may you receive what the Spirit is saying in the reading and hearing of Scriptures. Thanks be to God. Amen. 
One of the things to keep in mind as you're reading through your Bibles, as you're reading from Romans to the book of Revelations, is that the authors of these books are addressing particular issues in their times. But it's kind of funny how some of these times mirror today, isn't it? It's kind of funny that even eons past, you know, almost 2,000 years since, since the time of Paul, that, that the church was struggling for unification. But it wasn't unification in a sense of difference of opinion on a particular social issue. It was difference of opinion of who they were following. What Paul was addressing in this letter today was, was that what was happening in the church in Corinth is that they were saying, well, I was baptized under pastor so-and-so, so I'm this person. I'm a follower of, I'll use George because he was a pastor here. I'm a follower of George Warren. Or I was baptized under James Graham, and I'm a follower of James Graham. Or I was baptized under Matt Franks, and I'm a follower of Matt Franks, or a a follower of Shanna Dry. That's what they were saying. They were dividing themselves. And, And when Paul got word of this, it frustrated him. Wouldn't it you? That here you have this community that say they're, that they're for Jesus and they're, and they're trying to live a life like Jesus and, and yet they're dividing themselves over things that don't really matter. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? It's almost too close to home. Actually, it is close to home. With a denomination faced with splits and, and, and conversations of what that may look like for the future that we do not know, I would love to tell you that Paul's words today don't mean anything, but they do. They pierce the heart. They touch the soul. And so as we dive into this week's scripture, we see that the first thing that, that, that Paul was calling for was the community that was to be unified in Christ. To be united in Christ, not other groups. That you're here for each other, but you're here for Christ. Far too often, we love to divide and conquer. We love to divide and fight. We love to divide and, and, and think that our group is better than the other group. What a better time to talk about that than now. With the political climate as it is. I mean, the Super Bowl is a week away and we have Chiefs and 49ers fans at each other's throats. And what's funny is that Chiefs and 49ers fans are one of the same mind because they've shared quarterbacks time and time again. Joe Montana unites them. For those of you that didn't see, Joe Montana picked the winner of the Super Bowl. He picked both teams. Sometimes I think we focus too much on what divides us and not what unites us. And as Christians, we have a history of dividing. We've had a history of dividing for almost a thousand years. In 1054, when the church split east and west... And it didn't stop there. It went east and west, and, 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 and the Eastern Orthodox did their own thing, and they split and formed other churches. And, and then we have the Roman Catholic Church in, in the west, and, and, and we all know what happened with splits there. We went from Roman Catholicism to Roman Catholicism and, and, and Protestants, and even in Protestants you have, like, it's not like a clean picture, is it? Like, it's this family bush of branches that just go everywhere. But you know what's really interesting in United Methodist history? It's the same thing. 
is that we have all these branches and, and, and groups. There's not just one Methodist church. There's many. There's many that, that, that lay claim to the Wesleyan movement. We don't own all of John Wesley like we tend to think we do. In fact, we share it. We have other brothers and sisters in Christ. We have one in this town. We have a Nazarene church. They're our cousins. We can play nice together. Because we're united. Not because of Christ, not because of Wesley, but because of Christ. Brothers and sisters across the street, whether it's Baptist or non-denominational, denominational, whatever flavor you want to pick, we are together in Christ. That's what unites us. If Paul were writing this letter to us, I think that those words that he rang true would come true. I encourage you, brothers and sisters, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, agree with each other so you don't be divided into rival groups. Paul's not saying that looking at things differently as an organizational structure is not a bad thing. Because that's what the church is. That's why these, there's different groups, okay? They see things differently theologically, which, allow, which, which happens to allow the split to occur. Because we know that healthy relationships sometimes can happen when we split. And we think about in the Methodist movement, you know, in, in our church alone, you know, this church was a Methodist church south in its history, so that meant when the split happened in the 1800s, we were part of the church. This church was part of the church that believed in slavery and was okay with it and split. It didn't get back together until 1939 when it formed the Methodist Church. And then, you know where we get the word united from? It has nothing to do with being connected and being together and being unified as one vision. It has everything being connected to the United Brethren. They were their own little group, their own little Methodist Wesleyan group. And they saw what they, we were doing and said, hey, let's get together. We can work together. And so we did. And so we became the United Methodist Church. And I remember in my history when, when my mom would talk about that change when it happened in 1968. And she says she remembers sitting in Sunday school and being forced to like say the United Methodist Church. And to know what that means, that we come from the United Brethren together in Christ. Are there any United Brethren in the house today? I always like to find you guys can sing. I love United Brethren. I come from a Methodist history. My family came from the Methodist church. But we're united in Christ, not divided. Paul's words to us would spark to, towards unity in Christ. And the second thing is I was reading through Scripture this week and going through you know, my daily routine. Another thing that struck me was what, what we see in verse 18, that, that God is challenging us to put Christ at the center. To put God at the center of everything we do. And if we do that, everything else will take care of itself. But how often do we do that? How often do we center ourselves in Christ and Christ's teaching? How often do, do we pay attention to really what Jesus did and how Jesus lived his life? Because if we did, it would push us and challenge us, and it's not easy. Following a rabbi never is. It is a challenge. Faith is supposed to be difficult. It's supposed to push us and center us and focus us. So that way when we're faced with a difficult time or, or a trial, we know where we can lean into and be connected to. We're connected to Christ. 
We're parts of the body and parts of each other, as Paul would later say in his letter. But we're connected to Christ. We should center ourselves in Christ. How often do we do that? How often do we remember why we gather is for Jesus? It's not about ourselves. It's not about anything else that we do. It's about Jesus. And trying to show the world what Jesus really looks like. Because let me tell you, the newspapers and all the media is doing a great job for us. Constantly getting information wrong. But if we live like Jesus, and we strive to follow Jesus and live our lives in such a way, the power of belonging together will make a difference in our community. And it will help us grow together. Author Simon Sinek, one of my favorite authors, um, he's quoted as saying, a community is a group of people who agree to grow together. A community is a group of people who agree to grow together. And that's what we do in faith. We're agreeing to grow together. When, when we baptize a person or a child, we, we as a church take that person in and say, we're going to help them, we're going to support them in their walk of faith. That doesn't mean we have all the answers. That doesn't mean that we're going to say, all right, everything is easy and it's going to be comfortable and nice and pretty. It just means that when it hits the fan, we're going to be right there with you. We're going to love you and care for you no matter where you're at on the journey, no matter who you are or what color shoes or shirt you wear or what team you you go for. We're going to be there right there with you to help you through this journey. That's what community is. It grows together. It doesn't split apart. A healthy community works to strive to to acknowledge their differences and say, yes, we are different, but that's not going to divide us. But our unity in Christ, our love of Jesus is what unites us. And the only way that we grow together is that we wrestle with that question. And we all need to wrestle with this from time to time. That, that great John Wesley question that he would have for his groups, how is it for your soul? How is it with your soul? Are you making attempts to try to grow in your faith? Are you studying scripture? Are you attending worship? Are you serving God in, in everything you do through mission and service? Or, are, are you doing all the things you can to, to help grow your faith? And if you're struggling, why are you struggling? Do you have people you can lean into and, and talk to about these things? When we answer this question, how is it with your soul? This is a daily question. This is a question I ask myself daily. Some days are better than others, let me tell you. But I know I have a community of people around me and supporting me and standing with me that when times are rough and things are difficult, you're right there with me. The third thing I wrestled with this week, was, and, and I have to admit, like this, this week I really wanted to jump to this scripture. I really, really wanted to jump to the scripture and not preach what was in the lectionary this week. But I was firmly committed to preach in the lectionary this week because I worked so hard on everything else. But Paul says later on in his letter in in chapter 12, verse 27, one of my favorite lines of the scripture, you are the body of Christ and parts of each other. You are the body of Christ and parts of each other. We are the body of Christ and parts of each other. We're connected to God in such a way that, that nowhere else in society he does it this way. 
Nowhere else says that we're united for a single cause other than living out our faith. When we're connected with each other, when sometimes we fall off and fall apart or, or maybe we become disconnected, we should seek them out and say, come and see, come and join us again. We'd love to connect with you. Maybe when our cells fall apart and we become disconnected. That's where people come in and say, hey, it's been a while, or hey, how's it going? You know, nothing has made me feel better these last few months dealing with my father and mother when people ask, or father and grandmother, than when people ask me, how's it going with your dad? How's it going with your grandma? That's a sign of support. That, that means that you're at least listening and you're being there for me. And that helps me be there for others. Because I know I'm not alone in this journey. We are in this together, thick and thin, supporting one another, caring for one another. Why? Because that's what Jesus did. When you think about it, Jesus cared for those people that were with him. He showed them how to live. And that's what we should strive for. So despite what separates us, we are united in Christ. And we can grow together as long as we keep Jesus in our center. See, we can still be united with Christ at our center. See, that's what Paul was talking about in this reading today. Be united and keep Christ at your center. We do those things and, and, and everything else will work itself out. At the Washington National Cathedral, Sam Lloyd was looking for some space at the cathedral close. A cathedral close, for those of you that, aren't church, that don't speak church, nerd speak, it's an area immediately around the cathedral. So you know like that wide open area around the cathedral? You know, you have this big cathedral that has this wide open area. That's the close. Sometimes they're closed off. That's why they're called the close. Sometimes they're open. But he was looking for a place, a space to open up for a coffee shop or a restaurant because he believes that cathedrals are places to come and linger. And he wants the National Cathedral to become a public gathering space for art exhibits and other community events. And he hopes that the cathedral will move towards being a space for the city to gather in all of its diversity and the first step is to create hospitable spaces for people to conjugate, congregate, eat, and drink together. The church provides a space for us to come together as one. Stay a while, enjoy, have fun. Get to know one another. Get to know your neighbor. That's what the church is called to do to bring everybody together, to be parts of the body and parts of each other. There's power in belonging to a faith community. I have to admit, being in agreement is tough today. Divisions can appear from just the beginning of a sentence. Heck, even you could be wearing the wrong team, and there lies a division. I can't tell you the number of times I've had people tell me, well, I won't wear red or I won't wear orange because it's for that other team. Don't make that church shirt that color. I've heard people say that. I've had people not refuse to, to wear the color because it was not their team's color. 
What I find funny is that I'm not a Cubs fan. I am not a Cubs fan, but I love the color blue. So therefore, I wear it. I just make sure it doesn't ever say anything C on it or has a cub on it. I don't want to confuse people. But we're parts of the body and parts of each other. And we're connected through Christ together, despite all the other differences and divisions. And so in, in, in this next year, one of the things I'm hoping for and one of the things I'm praying for is despite what's going on in our world we be united in Christ to share God's love with everyone, to share God's story of love and grace with everyone, and to serve God's people in such a way that lives are transformed, not just the people's lives that we're serving, but our lives as well. And if we can do that, it will be all right because we have Christ at our center. Let us pray. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, and we hope you connect with us at TahlequahUMC.org.